Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 27, and we are recording on Tuesday, June 5th. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you? I'm good. We're recording this, and it's light outside, and that's such a weird experience for me right now. I'm literally sitting, we have a desk in our second bedroom with, um, the blinds are usually closed um, on the window in there, but the desk is like right in front of the window and I can, I can open the blinds and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can still see daylight. And it's not even just, you know, a tiny hint of daylight. I'm like, no, there's actually decent daylight out there. Yeah, just so for the listeners at home, we don't normally record at like midnight. We record at like 8, maybe 9 p.m. sometimes. Um, so obviously it's been very, very dark out. But today we're recording around 8 p.m. our time and full on daylight. And it's fantastic. I'm now imagining us recording this at midnight. <laughs> Honestly, there might come a point where we need to do that because my schedule can be so crazy sometimes. <laughs> I'm thinking we might want to schedule that at some point. We're going to do, we'll do like a midnight recording for something special. Oh my gosh, for like Halloween or something. (gasps) No, well, yeah, well, hmm. I was going to say we can maybe schedule that. That's That's right around the time when I'm getting married. Oh, right. Hmm. We'll 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 come up with something good for a midnight recording. Yes, for sure. If there's something like really spooky coming out sometime this year, maybe we can do. The ton of French new, (gasps) new book. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is great. Okay, we we need to write this down for so we remember this in the future. <laughs> there's no paper. That's not pa- I'm sitting at a desk and there's no paper. Uh, all right. Well, I'll make a mental note of that. We'll write that down. Yeah, I mean, I should probably listen to these episodes again at some point, so... <laughs> All right. Well, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, there's our our podcast is is very straightforward. We talk about mysteries, thrillers, suspense, true crime, movies adapt movie adaptations, uh, anything else that catches our fancy that might be that's kind of within that realm. We talk about a little bit of little bit of everything. Um, occasionally lose our minds just a little bit while recording, depending on how punchy we've gotten during the day. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so um, so if this is your first time listening, welcome aboard. We're glad to have you along for the ride. This is, um, for all intents and purposes, this episode actually marks year our second year of uh, recording this. Um, we started in June of 2017, so we are very excited about that. We'll be talking about that later in the episode. Um, and if you... Uh, it, whether you're a new listener, longtime listener, um, if you have any uh, topic suggestions, uh, questions, things that have ca- um, caught your interest that you would like to hear us talk about a little bit more, um, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know what's on your mind. We love talking about uh, topics that other, that listeners have suggested. And uh, we'll give you our contact information and ways to get in touch with us at the end of the show. But we, this, that's one of, we really love hearing from people. And it's a great way to help us come up with, with different things to talk about on the different episodes. So you guys help us do our work uh, when you send us suggestions, and we love it. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. And then before we get to the, the heart of the episode, 
um, Book Riot is doing a major, major giveaway that we want to make sure that everyone knows about. Uh, Book Riot is going to be giving away a $500 gift card to the bookstore of the winner's choice. This giveaway is going to be going until June 21st, so you still have time to enter. Um, But let me repeat that again. That is a $500 gift card to the bookstore of your choice. That's 500. It could be Barnes & Noble. It could be Half Price Books. It could be The Strand. It could be Powell's. It could be literally any bookstore that you really enjoy frequenting, you can enter this giveaway and hopefully we'll end up winning a $500 gift card uh, for uh, for the book, for whatever bookstore you choose. You can uh, visit bookriot.com slash bookstore 500, that's 500 to enter the giveaway. And again, we, um, we will be doing this giveaway until June 21st. So there is still time, but do not dally. Um, this is definitely a, give, uh, a giveaway you do not want to miss. Yeah, I've had to do like talk about that giveaway for so many different for like the podcast as well as for like some of the videos that I do for Book Riot and stuff like that. And every time I'm just like, oh, man, <laughs> oh. I wish it could enter. Of all the... Oh, man. Yeah, I just the, my mind is just like alight with possibilities, like all the things you can buy. Yeah, when it was funny, because also like when you were mentioning like the Strand and Powell's and all of that, like, obviously, I, we live in Chicago. So there's plenty of indie bookstores around here. But I'm like, oh, man, I, if you like supporting indie bookstores, but you don't live near an indie bookstore, this is also great because you could probably just order online or something from them because a lot of indies like will ship to your house. And so this would also like cover that. So you could do, also do the shopping spree online for like Powell's or the Strand because they all have online shipping. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, and I think we determined last episode that probably if you're if you're really interested in making the most out of your five hundred dollars, uh, half price books would be a great way to make every dollar go its furthest. So that's like, another suggestion out there too. And also, because I'm also the person who like goes to half price books when they're doing their like week long sale where it's like forty percent off one day, thirty percent off the next day. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like I'm just trying to imagine what spending five hundred dollars at half price books would get me. And it's insane just knowing like if you stacked those deals and ever oh man, I can't. <laughs> I th- I think Blaine would divorce me before we got married. <laughs> With all the books I'd be bringing into the house. I mean, he's a book lover, but we only have so much space. It's like, I'm sorry, I need you to move out because (laughs) I need space for all of these books I just bought. Yeah. So make make sure make sure before before you enter that you really have a good, good uh, fix on on your priorities in life is what we're trying to say. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, (laughs) on that note. Okay, so usually we do some news items at the top of the show, but there hasn't been a lot of news. Like, there's been little things here and there, but nothing really caught our fancy. Uh, But the one thing that we did want to mention is that the Audio Awards happened, I think it was last week. Um, They announced the winners of the Audio Awards. And so we will have a link in the description to the full list of winners. Um, They are pretty comprehensive. They cover every type of topic available. Like they have audiobook of the year, but then they break it up by genre. They also break it up based on like female narrators and male narrators and like teams or ensembles and things like that. Um, So this is like a great thing to just browse through in general. 
especially if you're someone who enjoys audiobooks. Uh, but obviously they have like a mystery section and then they also have a separate thriller, which is very interesting to see what was on there. Um, so the winner this year for mystery was The Girl Who Takes an Eye for an Eye. Uh, this is the latest book in the Millennium series that's been uh, taken over from Stieg Larsson's Girl with the Dragon Tattoo books. Um, I haven't been keeping up with these books, so I have no real dog in this race. Uh, but yeah, apparently it's a fantastic audiobook, so you can listen to that if you are looking for something new. Um, some of the finalists were as, um, the finalists in this category were Glass Houses by Louise Penny, which I've heard really great things about, including the, about the audiobook. Um, Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz, which personally I loved, and so I'm excited to see that it also was nominated for its audiobook. On her Majesty, Majesty's Frightfully Secret Service, A Royal Spinous Mystery uh, by Reese Bowen, which I haven't read any of these books, but I've heard really good things about again. And then one I've never heard of before called Telling Tales by Anne Cleves. Um, so yeah, they have like the full list there and they include like who the narrator is obviously as well as um, along with like who produced it, like Macmillan Audio or Audible Studios and things like that. Um, so you can check that out. And then for the thriller category, they do thriller suspense. Um, so the winner was The Fourth Monkey by J.D. Barker. Um, I haven't read this book, but I know a lot of people who have and have said that it's like a really fun book erotic thriller so just know that it is slightly graphic if that's uh something that you are concerned about but i know a lot of people who really like that book um the other ones that are in this category are slightly more interesting um the breakdown by ba paris which was a big hit last year don't let go by harlan coben which i didn't in my head i didn't categorize as a thriller personally but all right um the chemist by stephanie meyer which uh katie and i were talking about this prior to starting recording it's interesting to see that since that book came out a number of years ago but i'm guessing that they just came out with the audiobook so that's why it got nominated but again it's kind of weird to see that in the thriller category um a legacy of spies by john le Carre, which again i wouldn't categorize that as a thriller i guess it's suspense all right, I'll give him that one. And then Mississippi Blood by Greg Isles, which is another one that I, I maybe I've heard of it, but it doesn't, it's not ringing any bells for me. So yeah, the thriller suspense category seems a little bit weirder to me than the actual mystery category. Yeah, um, I would, I would be really interested, um, just awards in general, but especially for the, for the, for the audio awards, how they come up with, with some of these, with the finalists, um, because at, um, the library where I work, I've been, um, I've put together, um, over, you know, the last year and a half or so, I've put together, um, a comp fairly comprehensive list of award-winning books and the finalists that have been nominated for different categories for different, different awards each year. Um, so I've gone through the, the last several years of the Audi Award winners and the finalists and, over the years there, I can't remember specifics, but there are some categories where I'm like, why is this one nominated? I'm like, did they come out with a new version of the audiobook with a new narrator? Like, I'm like, how did this one end up in the category for this year? Um, so I would kind of be interested to, to know a little bit more about that. But yeah, The Chemist, um, that one had me kind of scratching my head a little bit. And, and, and I was also like, there there weren't any other suspense or thriller novels that were recorded on audio that were released in the last year that you could have nominated really but i don't know maybe maybe there's some maybe there really is a, me a method to that to that madness and we're we're just not 
we're just not privy to it. But um, yeah, or maybe they're just really fantastic audiobooks. I mean, we haven't listened to them. You never know. You never know. Um, so if someone wants to go ahead and listen to all of the finalists and the winners, and then give us and give us their analysis, we would love it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there will be, a, again, like I said, a link in the dis, uh, show notes uh, for this episode so you guys can check it out. There are, like, mysteries in some of the other uh, categories I can tell by scrolling through. Like, the new production of Sherlock Holmes that's narrated by Stephen Fry got an award. Um, and then there was another one that I saw that, oh, a J.D. Rapp book is up, won an award as well that is not, like, strictly in the mysteries and thrillers. So definitely go through the list if you like audiobooks because there's some good stuff highlighted there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so before we get into the meat of the episode, uh, I have our first sponsor, and that is Hangman by Jack Heath, which is a new book out to out this week uh, from Hanover Square Press. This is an addictive debut thriller starring an FBI consultant with a peculiar taste for crime and punishment. A boy vanishes on his way home from school. His frantic mother receives a ransom call, pay or else. Enter Timothy Blake, an FBI consultant with a knack for solving impossible cases, but whose expertise comes at a price. Every time he saves a life, he also takes one. But this kidnapper is more cunning and ruthless than any he's faced before. And he's been assigned a new partner with the Bureau, a woman linked to his past he's so desperate to forget. So this sounds like a very intriguing sort of book, especially the idea of him taking a life every time he has to save a life. Uh, So I'm very intrigued to see sort of how that would plays out. And if you are as well, you can check out Hangman by Jack Heath, which is out now. All right. Um, so like I mentioned earlier in the show, this is our one year anniversary. Woohoo. Woohoo. We've been talking we've been talking to each other <laughs> on Skype for a year now and then and then sending it out to the lovely listeners, which is just at the, I mean, I remember when Amanda asked if we were, you know, if I was interested in co-hosting the, sh- the show and after I picked myself up off the floor, I said, absolutely. Um, but, you know, the first couple of episodes, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so strange. And now it's just become, I'm like, okay, yeah, every two weeks we got to talk about mysteries and thrillers now. <laughs> it's old hat now. We're so past it. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I felt the same way. I mean, I do videos for book riot as well as for my own youtube channel and so i've always been interested in doing podcasts and so for me i thought it would be like very like a natural transition but podcasting is so different and part of it is because you have to talk for so much longer (laughs) like i actually like in the beginning i would get like legitimately exhausted at the end of episodes because i was like man you have to talk for an hour that is not, as an introvert that is not a thing i am used to doing it is so tiring for real i mean it's i think it's gotten better oh, but yeah. there are there are still some evenings especially the ones where we have you know tech issues halfway through and have to re-record a bunch of stuff yeah that by the end i'm just i am so tired that i just kind of have to sit on the couch and not do anything it is exhausting. Um, and yeah, because I, for me, I mean, I, I, this is the first time that I've ever done anything, you know, really like this. But I, um, when we started doing this, I was doing online classes. And so I was like, oh, okay, you know, I don't talk that much in class. But you know, I, I kind of, you know, I can, I can kind of get the sense of it. But yeah, it's exhausting. And I do think it's, it's interesting, though, because um, since, 
we've started doing this webinar, I've had a couple opportunities come up at work where I've done um, like hour long presentations with a coworker um, for um, a webinar. There was one that was kind of a, a hybrid of in person and, and webinar presentation, and she was and she was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so strange." But by the time, but for me, I was just like, eh, psh, "This is nothing." <laughs> but I, but yeah, it's still totally echoing the the, the sentiment that talking is exhausting. <laughs> Yeah, but not to make it sound like this is a total drag for us or anything like that, because I love doing this podcast so much. This is, yeah, no, this, by far, this, this is one of the coolest things that I have had the opportunity to do. And like, I just, I just find more and more amazing, just cool things that Book Riot keeps coming up, keeps coming up with that I get to participate in in some way or another. And this is definitely at the top of the list. Um, And it has, uh, it has definitely given me a kind of a kick in the butt to like make sure that I'm keeping up on a like upcoming mysteries and b keeping up on you know uh, inclusive and diverse mysteries and even though over the last year I think my my uh, if you look back over my at my reading list it's been it's been primarily mysteries and thrillers um, but it's gotten a lot more diverse and a lot more interesting and it's and it's also been really helpful for me at work because I do um, I do reference at a public library and I do a lot of readers advisory so now if someone comes to the desk going hey I'm I'm, I'm interested in mysteries my coworkers just point to me and go yeah talk to Katie <laughs> <laughs> that's her jam just talk to Katie. Um, but yeah, it's, and it, I love, I love how the two like really play off of each other. So stuff I learn at work, I can a lot of times use for the podcast and vice versa. So it's, it's been, it's been really, really interesting. Yeah. I think for me, like I always obviously read like a decent amount of like mysteries, thrillers, things like that, but it wasn't until I started doing the podcast that I actually started paying attention to the types of mysteries, thrillers, and whatnot that I like to read. Like for me, I would have said before, like, oh, I just like all mysteries and thrillers and suspense books. But now that I've been doing the podcast and I've been reading so many different types of books and like mystery books like that fall under the mystery umbrella and also like just being exposed to different types of books based on like what you've read or based on the stuff that we talk about in new releases and things like that. Like I'm so much more aware of the genre. And so now I feel like I can talk more intelligently about mysteries and thrillers and suspense books. And I can be like, oh, this is a historical mystery. And I know I'll like this one because it takes place in this era or it's like a suspense book like this. And so I know it's not going to necessarily be one that I would like, but I know other why other people would like it, so to speak. And I feel like I've tried a lot more stuff under the overall mystery umbrella that I might not have picked up otherwise, just because of like the way that we do our topics or even just trying to, again, come up with new and interesting or different books to talk about. Like I end up picking up stuff that I never probably would have picked up otherwise for the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I was just even, you know, I I mentioned that it it has really forced me to be more aware of of diverse mysteries. Um, And it's especially because in a lot of in a lot of aspects, you know, missed whether we're talking about like nominees for awards or particular subgenres, mysteries are still a pretty, you know, like a lot of publishing are are predominantly uh, white or made of of, uh, from white authors. 
Um, and so I feel like I have to pay extra attention to find these either lesser known titles or authors of color or LGBTQ authors or whatever the case may be. And so that I think has paying attention to that has really opened up an, an awareness in other in other aspects of my reading life as well. Like I was looking like last year, um, last year was the first year that I really started keeping track of how many authors of color that I was reading. And I think I hit about 20% by the end of last year, which was significantly higher than it had been uh, previously. But this year, as I'm keeping track of it, I'm between 30 and 40%. And I credit a lot of that with with the podcast and um, being aware of, of some of these books in translation or some of these books that are coming out from maybe smaller presses that um, aren't getting quite as much attention. But because because we're kind of hyper focused on this area that we're that we're suddenly that much more aware of. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been real. it's been a really cool experience. Yeah. I'm definitely super, super grateful. And obviously like, it's really funny because like Katie and I, if you weren't, not you, Katie, but you, the audience weren't aware, like Katie and I both live in the Chicagoland area. And I think we live like maybe 20 minutes apart <laughs> from each other, um, at most. And so it's really funny because like, I had no idea Katie lived in the area and because there's so many people at book right it's hard to keep track of everyone <laughs> um and so prior to this podcast i was like oh we both live in the chicagoland area and then i'm like oh you live like really close to me <laughs> and the funnier part is that we still have never met in person uh, we're so terrible at that <laughs> <laughs> we keep mentioning offhandedly oh we should get coffee sometime and then we're both like yeah we're too tired <laughs> We're both too tired. We're both really busy people. <laughs> this is just a terrible conversation, uh, way of doing this. But hey, we always make time for each other every other week. That's true. We do. We always make room in our schedules for each other. Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So. For our one year anniversary, Katie had the wonderful idea of us sort of going through and picking out a book that we heard about either because of the podcast or through the podcast or something like that, that we hadn't had a chance to pick up as of yet. Um, so Katie, do you want to start off talking about uh, which book you picked? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, so, I mean, there were a bunch of books that I um, that I could have picked, but ultimately I went with um, a book that I talked about a few episodes ago, uh, The Feather Thief, Beauty, Obsession, and the Natural History Heist of the Century by Kirk Wallace Johnson. This was the book that I remember talking about it in the new releases and just going, it's like, I cannot believe this is this is a real thing that happened. This this is the story of in 2009, a 20-year-old American flautist from the Royal Music Academy in London um, broke into... Uh, the British Museum, uh, or broke into one of the kind of suburb branches of the British Museum of Natural History, um, which had a huge collection of bird skins that had been collected by as far back as Darwin, uh, Alfred Russell Wallace. Like these were, this was a huge collection of exotic and endangered birds that um, that the that scientists had had captured and studied, you know, going back centuries. And he stole like 300 birds. And the reason why he stole these birds was because he was obsessed with the art of salmon fly tying. So creating these really elaborate fishing lures 
for salmon fishing. And this, this art form w- was was created in the Victorian era when people just became obsessed with the plumage of these exotic birds that were being brought back from from these faraway countries and were brought back into England. And people started really like coveting and fetishizing these feathers. And they were on they they were part of fashion, women's hats, um, and the men really they started creating these quote unquote recipes for these fishing lures that required you know very specific wire and thread and um, like f- specific feathers from a specific part of a very specific bird that you can only get in like New Zealand or Papua New Guinea or so- somewhere 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 tropical and exotic. And um, the obsession kind of died out, but with the internet era in the in the 90s and a little bit before that, um, the obsession was kind of revived and it found like, you know, kind of a small dedicated group of online fly tires. And they were, you know, they were they were selling these rare feathers on eBay. Um, they had now had all of these international laws that prohibited the transportation or sale of certain uh, certain animal skins and whatnot. Um, and so there were all these other restrictions. Um, and then the um, the main person in the book, Edwin Rist, he was um, he became really obsessed with with the art form. And he uh, ultimately, to make money and to provide himself with basically a never-ending supply of these feathers, he broke into the museum, stole 300 bird, dead birds, which were probably, I don't know that they gave an exact estimated value of what these birds were worth, but it was in the hundreds of thousands, if not more. Um, and then the story is of, of how he grew up, how he became obsessed with this art, um, how how he committed the crime, how he was ultimately caught, the how he ended up getting off basically without any without with no prison time. No, I mean it's just this bonkers story. And then the author heard about the story and he became really involved with trying to locate um, some of the missing some of the missing skins um, because to try and return them to the museum or return what he could. And it's just this ridiculous story that it's like if it happened in fiction, you wouldn't believe it because it's so outrageous, but it's real life. And I have never been interested in I've, I'm not interested. I haven't really been interested in like historical science. I'm not interested in fishing or anything at all related to it. This book was fascinating. I kept, I I tore through this book in like two or three days. I mean, it's a short book, but it kept me turning the pages. And every once in a while, I would find just a, a sentence that I'm like, I can't believe that this sentence has actually, you know, has actually been written. And I'm trying to flip through and see if I could and see if I can find one of the sentences. I just kept looking up and just reading these random sentences out out loud to Blaine. And I think he was getting kind of irritated with me by the end. But <laughs> I just I couldn't. St- I'm like, I can't believe this is an actual thing. Um, and it's yeah, it, w- it was it was it was so interesting. It is, it's not at all, you know, the type of book I, I necessarily would have picked up if I hadn't ended up looking at this, um, looking at this for the, for the new releases. Um, but I think 
hands down, this is going to end up being one of my favorite, one of my favorite books of the year. Um, and it's also, hey, plus, um, if you're doing the Read Harder Challenge and if you need a book about nature, woohoo, this one will, this one will, uh, will be a really interesting, uh, would be a really interesting read. And it would also cover the true crime, uh, challenge as well. If you haven't already gotten that one, uh, haven't already had that one filled out. Okay, I found one of the sentences before I finish that I, that I just have to read out loud. Says, little did I know, my pursuit of justice would mean journeying deep into the feather underground, a world of fanatical fly tires and plume peddlers, cokeheads and big game hunters, ex-detectives and shady dentists. What? <laughs> That's a sentence. That is a sentence in this book. And I'm like, look, if, if that doesn't if that doesn't grab you, then I just I just don't know. Um, but this book was amazing. I just it's so interesting if you like. Yeah, if if you like true crime, if you like just bizarre uh, nonfiction, micro histories, um, the natural uh, natural history and that that area of science, anything along those lines. If you just want a good, compelling page turning read, you have to read this book. Um, and again, that was the Feather Thief uh, by Kirk uh, Wallace Johnson. Yeah, I'm definitely putting that one on hold <laughs> in my library. It's so. Good. Like, I'm this, like, it's just, yeah. it was such a surprise. I did not expect to love this book as much as I did. And it is so good. Yeah. So the thing is, is like, I obviously, like, I first heard about it when you were doing the new releases as well. And I was like, oh, wow, that premise sounds completely bonkers. But like, listening to the, you talk about it, I'm like, holy cow, I need to read this book. It's, it's just so mind boggling. Like, I, poor Blaine is, he was telling me he's in a reading slump. I'm half tempted to just be like, here, read this. Like, I know it, <laughs> fits nothing like what you've what you've been interested in reading or anything like it but just read it it's so good oh man i feel like i mine's gonna sound so i mean mine was also very good but following that up is gonna be really hard no it's it's just a different it's just a different aspect of mysteries and thrillers that is very true also i really liked your pick too (laughs) well my pick was influenced by you so i would hope so um (laughs) So the book that I ended up picking was The Devotion of Suspect X by Kiego Higashino. Um, I believe that you read it last year, I want to say. I went pretty deep into our backlist Mm -hmm. uh, to see, like, find a book because I wanted to find something that was, like, older that we had talked about that I had, like, almost forgotten about. And that was definitely this book because I remember listening to you talk about it and being like, oh, that sounds really interesting. But this book was so much better than I expected. I read this whole thing in one day. Um, It helped that I was only working a half day. So I had a lot more time than I usually do to read. Uh, But I could not put this book down. It was fantastic. And this is going to be like one of my favorite books of the year, I'm pretty sure. So uh, this book is a little bit older. It came out in 2005, I want to say, or at least I think it was published in English in 2005. Um, And you this is a Japanese mystery book and you are following this divorced single mother who has one daughter and she has is basically like hiding out from her ex-husband uh, but he shows up one day at the restaurant where she works and every time he shows up he's like begging to get back together with her but he was like abusive and very violent and things like that so she obviously has no interest in getting back together with him and so what she had resorted to doing was basically like trying to give him money and then he'll like leave and but this time she doesn't want to like keep giving him money so she's like tries to put her foot down and is like no 
we're done, don't come back here sort of thing. Um, So she leaves the restaurant after work or she leaves after their interaction and she goes home and then it's her and the daughter in the apartment and the ex-husband shows up at their apartment. Um, So she had been, she had moved, I think it's like five times or something like that, trying to get away from him. Um, And so she, he found their apartment and shows up at their place. And so he comes inside, things get heated and he ends up dead. Uh, Their next door neighbor hears something sort of going on and so he like goes and knocks on their door to sort of see if they're okay and he like realizes that there's a dead body in their apartment and he decides that he is going to help them get rid of the body as well as craft this perfect alibi and so the neighbor and so that after that point you basically like flash forward in time a little bit to when the police find the body And the body is now like found next to a river and there's all these different things happening. And so the police are now investigating to see what exactly happened in this man's death. And this book, again, was just so fantastic. So I didn't know for some reason in my head, I like categorize this as either like Japanese noir or like a Japanese thriller type of book. But this is actually like a really fantastic whodunit, which is personally my favorite kind of mystery. Like whodunits are what I read growing up as a kid for the most part. Like I read so much like Encyclopedia Brown and Clue and things like that. So like those types of like puzzle books were always my favorite. And this book feels like a puzzle because as the reader, like you know what happened in the apartment. So you know that situation, but you don't know what the alibi is that these people have constructed. And you also have no idea sort of like what has happened in this short time span between when the person was murdered and when the body is found. So there are all of these details that the police are finding and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder why this has become a part of it. Like there's a bicycle next to the dead body. And so part as the reader, you're like, okay, I did they ride the bike to the river to all of this stuff or is the bike a decoy for something else and all of this stuff and all these like different details keep popping up and as the reader you're putting the puzzle together while also like the police and everyone is putting the puzzle together and so you're spending the book trying to figure out are these people going to get caught what actually happened here and sort of why is everything unfolding the way it's unfolding Um, there's also like a lot of other sort of other plot points or plot details that are also happening in this book. So like the neighbor has a crush on the ex-wife. And so that's one of the reasons why he helps her. And then the woman ends up like dating another guy and there's sort of this tension there. And so there's this point where I was like, oh my gosh, is someone going to get revealed because of like this awkward relationship thing that's happening? Um, Yeah, I could not put this book down because I couldn't tell where exactly it was going. There's so many really interesting details that are added to these characters and the way everything wraps up and the way the mystery was revealed. Like I felt like the gif of like mind blown, like that was me at the end of this book. It was so crazy to me the way everything was put together, but like in the best possible way and just seeing how intricate this puzzle was and the way that the author slowly reveals information to both the characters as well as the readers and even sometimes like the readers knowing more, the readers knowing less than the characters themselves. Just it's so 
well put together. I was so, so surprised. It's so sharply written. Like if you are someone who enjoys whodunits, if you're like, man, I wish I read a book like a Sherlock Holmes type of book where it's just so precise, you definitely need to pick this book up. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And when I was shelving it on Goodreads, I realized that this was part of a series, which I didn't know. Um, so if you see that and you are slightly concerned, just know that this works perfectly as a standalone novel. Um, I definitely am going to be trying to pick up other books by this author because this one was fantastic. And again, that one is called The Devotion of Suspect X by Kiego Higashino. I also did not know it was part of a series. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I did not realize it until I like went to Goodreads and it's like book three, like, you know how it says in parentheses, yeah. like whatever the series name is. I think it's um the one of the detectives um, or no, it's the physicist. I don't know if you remember oh, this detail. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he shows up and it's like his he follows a bunch of different uh, crimes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I mean, I I know I I talked about this on a previous episode, but yeah, I I pretty much I second everything that you that you said. It also reminded me because you know at the beginning like who killed him and you know you know a fair number of details at the beginning of the book. Um it kind of felt like um an episode of Columbo. Um, mm. And I know we've mentioned Columbo in reference to so- something else on this show. I don't remember if it was this book or not, but I kind of got that a little bit of that Columbo feeling as like, you think you know what's going on. And part of the suspense is waiting for the detective to kind of put everything together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I thought it it was yeah very intricately put together. And, you know, even though you know, you know, who killed him, there are still details that you that you don't expect and you know there are still plot twists and yeah the end by the end of the book i was just like oh my gosh like so that's how this is ending huh yeah bad ending man if if you've read this book feel free to tweet at me or whatever or when you pick this book up because everyone should pick this book up tweet at me when you get to the end because oh man that ending (laughs) yeah um and i think oh i think i might have seen somewhere he might have a new book coming out this year Ooh, maybe i thought i saw i thought i saw keiko higashino's name attached to an upcoming upcoming book um later this year i could be wrong i could be making stuff up but (laughs) um yeah i thought i thought i something saw something with a new book attached attached to that name but uh we'll have to look that up and investigate yeah and if it is we'll definitely be mentioned in the new releases in a future episode oh yeah um, all right. Uh, well, before, um, uh, before we get to the new releases for this, uh, for this episode, we want to remind you again, um, our sponsor Hangman by Jack Heath, which Rincey mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, so that, that was the thriller with the FBI consultant with the dark past who saves a life, um, but also has to take one at the same time. Um, the, it's just supposed to be this, twisted crime novel darkly thrilling really like a really compulsive page turner um it's recommended for fans of shows like dexter and hannibal um i i was gonna say i've only seen one episode of dexter but i loved the first book hannibal i will live and die by hannibal holy cow i love that show um and so they're saying that this would be a really great book for fans of those shows if you're interested in really um kind of captivating dark anti-heroes 
um, whose intimate knowledge of the criminal world can only be learned through firsthand experience. Um, this would be a really great, great book if that's, if that's up your alley. Um, and they also mentioned that fans of How to Get Away with Murder should really keep an eye on this book because the same showrunner has been attached to this project with TV rights sold to ABC. So this, so, I mean, just from the description, this sounds like the, definitely the type of book that would be, that would be adapted to TV or film or something like that. Um, but yeah, just, um, just as a reminder, um, you know, if the, if this book is, uh, is, in your in your wheelhouse um i can't remember if it came out this week or if it's coming out next week but at any rate it should be it should if it's not available yet it will be available soon and again that is hangman by jack heath from hanover square press all right so i have our new releases for this week and so I don't know, Katie, if you've been paying attention, but we're recording this on Tuesday, June 5th, and I have to do the new releases video for Book Riot. And holy cow, there are so many books coming out today. I know. I got I got the uh, the new releases uh, newsletter from Liberty, and it's just, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, this, this week is like the best new releases week of the year so far. Yeah, it's insane. And so like if you no matter what type of book you like, there's probably a book out today that you enjoy. Um, So obviously, I can't cover all of the great sounding mysteries and true crime books that are coming out. But I picked three and then I have two honorable mentions. I think one comes out this week and one comes out next week. Um, So yes, there are a lot of really great books coming out. But hopefully one of these three will uh, be one that you are interested in as well. So first up, I have The Good Son by Yu Jiang Jiang, and this book is being described as the talented Mr. Ripley meets the bad seed. Um, it's a psychological thriller, and this novelist is known as Korea's Stephen King. So, you know, that definitely will catch our attention. Um, so early one morning, a 26-year-old Yu Jin wakes up to a strange metallic smell and a phone call from his brother asking if everything's all right at home since he missed a phone call from their mother in the middle of the night. So Yu Jin soon discovers their mother's murdered body lying in a pool of blood at the bottom of the stairs in their stylish seal duplex. He can't remember much about the night before because he uh, has suffered from seizures most of his life. And so he has a lot of trouble with his memories. And so all he has is a faint impression of his mother calling his name. But was she calling for help or begging for her life? Thus begins Eugen's frantic three-day search to uncover what actually happened that night and to finally learn the truth about himself and his family. This is a shocking and addictive psychological thriller, and the book explores the mysteries of mind and memory and the twisted relationship between mother and son with incredible urgency. And again, that's called The Good Son by Yu Jian Jian. The next one that I have is The Devil's Half Mile by Patty Hirsch. Uh, this is a historical thriller debut that is set in 1799 New York City. So seven years after a financial crisis nearly toppled America, traders chafe at government regulations, racial tensions are rising, gangs roam the streets, and corrupt financiers make backdoor deals with politicians. And so 1799 was a hell of a year and quite relatable. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Alexander Hamilton, America has recovered from the panic on the Devil's Half Mile, a.k.a. Wall Street, but the young country is still finding its way. When young lawyer Justy Flan 
Flanagan returns to solve his father's murder, he exposes a massive fraud that has already claimed lives and one the perpetrators are determined to keep secret at any cost. The body count is rising and the looming crisis could topple the nation. Um, So if you are a fan of historical mysteries and thrillers, then you should definitely put The Devil's Half Mile by Patty Hirsch on your list. And also Patty Hirsch sounds a lot like Patty Hearst. And I keep wanting to say that instead. (laughs) Very different. (laughs) Yes, very much so. (laughs) All right. And then finally, I have a nonfiction book for you guys. It's called The Good Mothers, The True Story of the Women Who Took on the World's Most Powerful Mafia by Alex Perry. Um, So this is quite the description. So I'm going to try my best to get through this, but there's a lot happening in this true crime book. So you are following the Calabrian Mafia, which is one of the richest and most ruthless crime syndicates in the world with branches stretching from the United States to Australia. It controls 70%, that's seven zero, of the cocaine and heroin supply in Europe, manages billion dollar extortion rackets, brokers illegal arms deals, supplying weapons to criminals and terrorists and plunders the treasuries of both Italy and the European Union. So their power derives from a macho mix of violence and silence, and yet um, it endures because of family ties. You're either born into the syndicate or you marry in, and loyalty is absolute, bloodshed is revered, and you go to either prison or your grave and kill your own father, brother, sister, or mother in cold blood before you betray the family. Um, so accompanying this reverence for tradition and history is a violent misogyny amongst its men. Women are viewed as uh, cattle, bargaining chips for building and maintaining clan alliances and beatings and worse, our routine. So in 2009, after one abused wife was murdered for turning state's evidence, uh, prosecutor uh, Alessandra Soretti considered a tantalizing possibility that the sexism of this group might be its biggest flaw and her most effective weapon against them. So she approaches two more mafia wives and persuades them to testify in return for a new future for themselves and their children. So this is a feminist saga of true crime and justice, and it's a riveting story of a high-stakes battle pitting pitting a brilliant, driven woman fighting to save a nation against ruthless mafiosi fighting for their existence. Caught in the middle are three women fighting for their children and their lives, and not all will survive. And again, that one is called The Good Mothers by Alex Perry. Oh, that one sounds cool. I know, right? (laughs) This is this is your contribution to the nonfiction that's so bizarre that you wouldn't believe it if it were in a fictional story. I, like when I was reading the details about like just the level of power that this mafia group family has, I'm just like, holy cow, like how is that even possible? <laughs> but that just shows how little I know about the dark underbelly of our world. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. Probably. <laughs> Um, so just before I wrap up new releases, two books that I wanted to mention very quickly that are also out. Um, the first one is The Word is Murder by Anthony Horowitz. We had mentioned him at the 
towards the beginning of the show, he wrote Magpie Murders, which came out last year, and I absolutely adored it. And so this is a new one that has come out, and there's actually a character in the book named Anthony Horowitz, who is a writer. So it's doing that whole multiple layer, what's real, what's not sort of thing in this mystery book. Um, so if you enjoyed Magpie Murders, you might enjoy this one as well. Um, the other one I wanted to mention really quickly is Murder at the Grand Raj Palace which is the fourth book in the Baby Ganesh Agency Investigation Series by Vaseem Khan. Um, this is one that I have mentioned in the past because I read the first book, I want to say a couple of months ago at this point, and I have the second book, um, and I plan on continuing on with the series. Um, so if you happen to have picked up this series uh, because I've mentioned it in the past, then the fourth book is out now. Um, or if you haven't picked it up yet, this is a really great almost cozy mystery uh, sort of series. So I highly recommend it if you like those types of books. So again, that one is called A Murder at the Grand Raj Palace. And I that one comes out on June 12th. So this coming Tuesday. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't remember Rinzi talking about that particular series, this is the one with the baby elephant. Yes, that is always how you should just talk about this. This is the one with the baby elephant. Yes, and that one is still on my on my list. I have the first book sitting on my shelf, but um, I have not picked it up yet. But I have. I'm feeling like I might need some baby elephants in my life soon. Don't we all? Don't, Don't we, we all? <laughs> Isn't that just what life is? <laughs> just needing more baby elephants. I mean, if we could just work baby animals into every part of our lives, I think it would be much better. I I would be okay with this. I'd be 100% okay with this. Um, well, let me let me give you a quick a quick vocal break. Um, and I actually like this has been a been a good couple of weeks for reading. Um, I am I've mentioned before um, a couple times the book uh, Beneath the Mountain by Luca D'Andrea. I've been listening to it on audio, and I've only, I've got like less than three hours left in the audio book, and I feel and like from where I am in the book, it sounds like they've just explained the the murder the mystery at the center of the book, but there's almost three hours left, so I know there's still some stuff that's going to be going down. Um, so I'm not entirely sure how it's going to how it's going to turn out, but this has been it's it's a very it's it, it is very much a slow burn kind of a novel. Lots of details. The story really unfolds at a leisurely pace, but underneath everything, there's just this really fascinating dark ominous element to it um in a way it's it might be a good suggestion if you enjoy ton of french which i know a lot of you do enjoy ton of french more of you now thanks to our efforts um that's one of my prouder moments of doing this podcast getting converting so many people into ton of french fans um but just the way the story builds the really detailed characters um you know the the very uh, complex characters that you that you kn- you know are they're making they're making you know they're making bad choices for their lives but you understand kind of why but you kind of dislike them for doing it but you can't stop reading to find out what's going to happen it's it has not at all ended up in the in the place where i expected to be this far into the book and i just keep wanting i just keep wanting to listen it's so there's just so many elements and layers to this story. It's it's really a book to be savored, and I'm I'm hoping I'll feel the same by the end of the book. Um, but it's it's been a really interesting reading experience. So, um, 
I, I'm hoping to finish that up on audio in the in the next week or so. And again, that is Beneath the Mountain by Luca D'Andrea. And then I also, um, I started and finished uh, the book Our Kind of Cruelty by Araminta Hall, which came out uh, either last month or the month before. It's definitely within the last couple of months. And it was, um, this book, it's a psychological suspense novel. Um, it was one of the, one of the kind of, uh, marketing hooks for it was that it's like, oh, this is a, you know, this is a book uh, with an unreliable narrator, except the character is male instead of female. And on the one hand, I'm like, well, isn't that like every book that's ever been written pretty much with a male protagonist? Um, but uh, I, this is, it, it was a page turner. Um, I don't, I would say it's, I, it didn't, it didn't have any like, mind-blowing twists like Gone Girl did or it it wasn't quite that type of book it's the it's the kind of book you you start off reading it knowing that you cannot trust the main the main character um he uh he has uh recently within the last few months broken up with his girlfriend Verity um except Verity thinks she's broken up with him but he doesn't quite see it that way. He thinks this is all part of an elaborate game that they used to play while they were dating called The Crave, where Verity is trying to make him jealous or make him atone for the mistakes that he made in their relationship by uh, constructing this elaborate relationship with another man. And it's his job to kind of play her game and win her back. And it is bone chilling because it's I what's what's really bone what's really bone chilling is if you're I mean if you're a woman kind of existing in the world you know a lot you either know firsthand or have a good idea of what that feeling is when you can't when you've told a man no I'm not interested or no it's over and he doesn't quite get it. And it kind of takes it to that extreme. Um, so I will I will say there is a, like, if stalking, a trigger warning for stalking behavior, if this is something that triggers you, please, for the love of God, do not pick up this book. I say that in all sincerity. It is very, very troubling. Um, but if, if um, you know, if that does not trigger you, it this book is it's the kind of book that makes like you can't stop reading it and it makes you angry but you you just you can't put it down it was i finished that book and i was just like i had so many thoughts and feelings about it and it just it it was it's so it was interesting in that it really i think spoke to a lot of what it's like to be a young young as in, you know, 20s uh, woman existing in the modern world, having to navigate amongst, you know, all of these, or to to navigate 
amongst all of these male the, the these other men around you and what they their how they how they perceive the world how they perceive you um and it's just it's frightening it's but it's a really really interesting read um so i'm really glad i read it um if you like psychological suspense i think this would be a really interesting one to pick up and again that's called our kind of cruelty by araminta hall all right. So I have also been having a great reading couple of weeks. I blame that mostly on the fact that work has been very difficult lately. And so I've been spending all of my weekends reading instead of doing other things. <laughs> so I've been getting a lot of reading done. And so I have two books to talk about really quickly. The first one is called A Decline in Profits by Solari Gentile. Um, and that's profits as in like spiritual profits, not like money profits. Um, so this is a historical mystery that I really, really enjoyed. I don't typically read that many historical mysteries, but this one I found so delightful. Um, so you, it takes place in 1932. And this is part of a series where you are following this character named Roland Sinclair, who is comes from this very wealthy family. Um, he is basically just like an artist who travels the world. And he is in this book you are f following him as he takes a boat from um Europe to Sydney with a stop in New York City and so while he's on this boat he's with all of his friends who are like these bohemian artist types and then there's also like this i think it's an Irish bishop like catholic bishop who's on the boat as well as well as members of this group called the Theosophical Society, which was apparently a spiritual movement that took place in the early 20th century. I had never heard of it before. Um, and so there is some tension that comes up between like the extremely conservative Catholic bishop, as well as the people of the Theosophical Society. And um, tension sort of rise and things sort of occur. And then there is suddenly someone is murdered on the ship. And so um, Roland Sinclair is actually suspected of killing the man because he had sort of a brush up with him, I think, like a couple of hours before he's found dead. Um, but the investigation sort of shows that he couldn't have done it. And then um, they get to New York, some things occur, and then they head to Australia. And it turns out like more and more people from this boat start either getting killed or like are part of like attempted murders and things like that. And it turns out that someone might be coming for Roland Sinclair himself. Um, so it's a really, even though obviously it sounds slightly dark because all the murders, um, it's actually like a pretty lighthearted mystery book, which is what I really appreciated about it. Um, there's a quote on the back that says it's like Evelyn Vaughn meets uh, Agatha Christie, which I would definitely agree with. It has that very fun sort of like upper class sort of feel to it with while also having this really um great sort of mystery at the heart of it um a lot of the characters in this book I, in my head i kept imagining them as if anyone watched gilmore girls um as logan and all of his sort of life and death brigade sort of friends except not as much of jerks as they are <laughs> they're much nicer in this book um so if you like those types of characters then i think that you'll like this book as well it's really funny because there are a lot of like very specific details that are included in here like there's a ch entire chapter where roland sinclair plays polo and it's just i found it hilarious because you know you're in the middle of this mystery book and all of a sudden they're playing polo and it's a very specific type of polo match like the polo match 
makes no reference like difference to the actual mystery itself so if you're the type of person who needs like a very specific sort of straightforward mystery where you're just following the mystery the whole time um you probably won't like this book but if you like historical mysteries where you get a lot of details about the time and the place and the characters and things like that i think that you'll like this one a lot and this one is like super super underrated like when I put it on my Goodreads, I noticed it had like less than 500 reviews or something like that on Goodreads. So it's super, super under the radar. Um, the one that I read is the second in a series of books, but I read it just fine without reading the first one. Um, this is one I literally just came across actually last summer uh, when I went to Madison and I went to the mystery bookstore up in Madison. This is one I saw on the shelf and I was like, hey, I've never heard of this before. And I read the back and I'm like, that sounds interesting. So I picked it up. So one of the benefits of going to a mystery only bookstore is that you come across gems like this. <laughs> And especially that mystery bookstore. I love that bookstore. It's so great. Like, honestly, it makes me want to go back to Madison just for that. I mean, Madison's great in general, but, you know, that's definitely one of the perks. We have legitimately gone back to Madison because of their bookstores. <laughs> honestly, I would too if I could. <laughs> um, all right. And then the second book I want to mention is one that... I adored so, so much. And it doesn't come out until November, so I apologize in advance. But I got an advanced copy of My Sister the Serial Killer, and it was amazing. Um, so again, this book doesn't come out until November, but everyone, please put it on your list now. So you are following these two sisters, and when the story starts, one of the sisters has stabbed her boyfriend. And so the other sister has come to basically clean up her mess. And the reason given for the stabbing is that um, she was like acting in self-defense and things like that. But it turns out that this is actually the third time that she has stabbed one of her boyfriends. And so now the main sister is wondering whether or not her sister is a serial killer. And this is just such a well put together book and such an interesting book. Um, I will say this is not like a thriller and so it's not like super plot driven sort of book, but it's very suspenseful and it's just so cleverly done. There's a lot more happening in this book than you might expect out of it. Like I obviously don't want to get into spoilers, but there's a lot of like discussion around family relationships and even like love relationships and things like that. Um, one of the major details that I didn't mention is that the main sister starts to become extremely concerned because she has a crush. She works as a nurse and she has a crush on one of the doctors at her clinic and her sister starts dating that doctor. And so then she becomes concerned that the doctor is going to end up murdered. So uh, part of the story is like trying to figure out whether or not the doctor will get murdered. Uh, part of it is about whether or not the sister will turn in her serial killer sister. And it's sort of like, builds this really interesting idea of like family and love and loyalty and even just explanations behind behavior and things like that. It's just, it's so much deeper than you would think. Like I went into this just thinking it would be just a standard slasher almost type of book, but it's not that at all. So if that's the type of book you're in the mood for, that's is not going to fulfill that satisfaction. But there's just, it's, I can't, I mean, I don't have the words for it right now because I feel like I'm still just so in love with it. But the way it discusses 
just every everything that happens in this book, like love and relationships and just the reasonings behind why the sister acts the way she does and why the sisters even act the way they do with each other and things like that. It's just so fantastic. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's like a super short book as well. Not super short, but it's like less than 300 pages. So this would be a fantastic one to pick up for like a weekend and just like completely dive into the book completely. Um, It does have a little bit of a slower start. And again, it's not like a super plot-driven book, but I could not put this book down. This was another one that I just had to keep reading because I did not know how it was all going to turn out. And again, that one is My Sister, the Serial Killer, and it was great and doesn't come out until November. And so when November comes around, I'll probably mention it again. I'll probably mention it again on the next episode because I have a copy of that in my purse. (laughs) (laughs) And I was meaning to read that, but I've had a few other books I needed to finish first. So that one's going up like first on my list this next couple of weeks. Oh my gosh, Katie, I need you to read it so that way I can talk about it in depth with someone. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll read it. It's it's up at the top of my list. <laughs> I mean, it's no pressure. No, no, no. Like, if you don't get to it before the next episode, it's No, no, fine, no. But. I'm totally planning on having it done by the first episode. I was so excited when I got this in the mail. I was like, what? I'm like, what book did they send me this time? I went, oh, it's this book. Yeah, so. and the cover is fantastic. Like, if you haven't seen the cover for this book, like, at least Google it or, like, go to the show notes and click on the link to Amazon. The cover is amazing looking. Like, it's funny because I brought this book to work because I was reading it, like, on the train and stuff. And so I had it sitting on my desk. And I normally, like, put whatever book I'm reading, like, on my desk. Literally everyone in my office stopped in their tracks and was like, what book is that? Because, like, the writing is the letters are like neon green and it's like partially illustrate or it's completely illustrated but the illustration's so well done that it's like so eye-catching mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> <sighs> all right so on that note that's our episode that's our one-year anniversary technically um <laughs> so thanks so much to everyone again for listening to this episode as well as if you've been listening to us from the beginning or not, if this is your first time, we're just grateful that you took the time to listen to us. Um, so for show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. Head over to the Red or Dead page and you will see all of the links to all of the books that we have talked about in this episode, as well as a link to the Audi Award winners if you are interested in that as well. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that way other people can discover us and come join us for year two of Red or Dead. Um, if you are interested in sending us show suggestions or anything along those lines or you just want to talk uh, to us about any of the things that we've talked about, you can email us at redordead at bookriot.com. And you can feel free to just send over any show suggestions or anything like that that you might have for us. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincey A. And you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.